In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Aileen Drexler. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I am on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello and welcome to Die Stars Tomorrow. I'm your host, Aileen, and today's Dear DST episode is very exciting. I am joined by Dylan Hafer, pop culture enthusiast, face behind at Bravo by Betches, and the host of the Mention It All and Pop Alarm podcasts. What's up, Dylan? Welcome. Hi, I'm glad to be here. It feels like a long, a long time coming. I know. It's just I was just on Bravo by Betches, and we talked all things Bravo, and now you're here. This is great. Here I am on DSC. <laughs> Who would have thunk? <laughs> Who would have thunk? So there's a lot of stuff in pop culture on Real Housewives in New Jersey with Jackie talking about her eating disorder, with Teresa and her her lines. Just even in that area. There's a lot to talk about, but in general, we have been talking about how there's a lot of fat shaming and fat phobia going on in pop culture, and we wanted to kind of just talk about it. But before we get into that, we obviously have to do some non-scale wins. Dylan, I am so excited to hear yours. Okay, so this I wouldn't say it's a non-scale win of the week, but maybe just of like how I've been doing lately. I feel like I have gotten into... A better place of when I'm getting dressed. I used to be really focused on like getting dressed to look thinner. Mm -hmm. Lately, it's like when I'm getting dressed, I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like more focused on looking put together or like if I like the way the outfit looks on me versus dressing for a specific goal of does this make my arms look whatever? Does this make my legs look, you know, like I feel like it's just I'm thinking less about my body underneath the clothes and more about how I think the clothes themselves look. And how you present rather than like how you're, how you're making yourself look smaller or hiding rather. Yeah. If you're getting dressed with the goal of like appearing thinner than you are, or like some made up idea of like looking quote unquote better, I feel like other people don't actually see that when, when they see you, Mm -hmm. they're not like, Oh my gosh, she wore the sweater that makes her Stomach looks small. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know. So I think it's just like a good, a better place to be in. How did you get to this place? Like what's, what's been going on? I don't know. I feel like I've, the last couple months, I feel like I've just been like enjoying life. I don't know. I've been saying yes to a lot of things in 2022. Um, Mm. And I don't know, maybe that's like trickling down into my my feelings about myself. I, I don't know. It's, so, it's, it's not, so inspiring. It's definitely not a place of like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with my body and I feel like I look perfect, but it's like, I feel like I'm not thinking about it as much. 
That's great. And nobody set, walks around being like, I am obsessed with my body. Like nobody does that. <laughs> Even people who we think are saying that are not saying that. So right. I guess that's that's a good, that's great. I'm I'm going to have to take some advice because, you know, it's a struggle. But my non-scale win is literally so superficial. <laughs> <laughs> It is not deep at all, but I am still going to talk about it because I'm very proud of myself. Okay, so I'm going to shock you. I have not gotten one of my eyebrows plucked <laughs> by a professional since <laughs> since Q1 of 2020, so pre-pandemic, probably like the end of 2019. And I all through the pandemic, my eyebrows were just, you know, and I was like, oh, I could do it myself. No big deal. Nope. I made them completely uneven and I stare at myself in the <laughs> Zoom and it's making it worse. Through pregnancy, oh, they got bushier. I finally went. I gave in. I was like, you know, somebody else could do a better job than me. And I got to say, I, it really, really helps <laughs> my mood. Wow. I like, I, I look in my mirror and I'm like, oh, wow, this is something that's actually been bothering me for so long. I did not realize it's on my face. These like two hairy lines above my eyes, actually, they make a huge difference in how you, I mean, we're looking at ourselves 24 seven in these zooms. So like all, that's all you could see or I see. So I went and I am very happy. <laughs> I love that. that. I feel win. like with things like that, that feel it feels superficial to be like i'm so sad i haven't gotten my eyebrows done we like tell ourselves that it's that we don't care or that it's not a big deal because it feels like it shouldn't be yeah but then like i'll do that sometimes like i'll put off like getting a haircut because i'm just like mm. uh it's like i don't have time this week or like it's a hassle or whatever and then it's like once i actually get the haircut i'm like oh i feel like i look so much better and like i it yeah. like radiates out like i'm i'm more excited about going out or like getting dressed or whatever and it's like oh i i should actually prioritize that i forgot how good it makes me feel it's not how good it i look it's how good it makes me feel i i have grays you know popping out like <laughs> it's gray's anatomy over here and i finally got my hair colored after months and months and months and months Cause I was like, oh, you know, I'll just part it to the left. But like, that's all I get. And I was focused on. <laughs> and now I'm like here with my middle part, my brows. You're seeing this best version of Aileen right now. So you're ready for like a hot Aileen summer. A hot Aileen summer. <laughs> oh my God, with Lindsay, hot, hot summer. I need that. <laughs> hot Drex summer. That's me. I'm no, it's hot lean summer. Hot I'm lean down summer. for yeah, it. Okay, okay. I'm down for it. So we talk about. Actually, I'm going to plug an episode that I already recorded that's going to be coming out. I talked to my friend Liza, who's a stylist, and we talked all about how like getting a new a piece of clothes, while it sounds superficial, but it it really just it permeates in all of the pieces of your life. You walk down the street with confidence. You're more confident to talk to a person that you normally would be like, oh, so sorry. But you might say, hello, my name is when you have something like a new piece of clothes that you feel just makes you feel not, it's not smaller, but just like yourself. Right. Yeah. And like more, you feel more like presentable to the world when you're like, I know these jeans that I'm wearing look really good. Or like, I know my hair looks so fresh and like, whatever, like you just feel like you're kind of the best version of yourself. And I don't think that's, it's not like about whether you're like looking thinner or anything. It's like, no, totally. I just feel like I look correct. Yeah. And I sometimes grapple with the, you know, I go back and forth with like, oh, why do I give a fuck about what people think of me versus 
oh, but this actually makes me feel good. But is it make me feel good because it's a way that I think that others perceive me? How do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's hard because obviously I think it's tempting to try and have the mindset that's like, I don't give a fuck about what people yeah. think about me. And I think you can go in that direction. Like you can work toward that. But I think to me, it feels very unrealistic to actually fully like free yourself of that mindset of what other people think about you. But I do think you can kind of turn that on its head that it's like, if I know that I'm being the best version of myself, then I can assume that other people are going to notice that and maybe respond well to that. So it's not necessarily that I'm like hyper-focused on what they're thinking about me, but it's just like, I know that I'm killing the game or that I'm, that I feel like I'm looking my best. So other people are going to notice that too. So I feel like it's all just wrapped up in your self image, whether or not you're kind of projecting it onto other people. It's like starting point is from within you. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, the way that I kind of counterbalance those thoughts is I remind myself like we humans are like as a species, like we're supposed to be in a community and like, of course, other people's thoughts are always, it's never, it, we're never going to be like just people who just walk and like, don't care about anybody else's perspective, pers- perspective or, or, um, perception. I just said perspection. Per- perspective. Perspective. <laughs> we're not going to never walk the streets and be like, I don't care what that person thinks of me. It's, it's, it's less about that and more about focusing why you're doing certain things and like, am I wearing this for somebody else or am I wearing this for me? And that's, that's where I kind of, how I get back to the being present in realizing like I'm doing this for me. This isn't for the rest of the world. Yeah, sure. Maybe I think I care about what you think of me, but it's not going to dictate my life. It's not going to change what I do. Right. You can save room for that perspective without building your whole self-worth around it. Totally. Well, that was fun. Let's do a listener non-scale one. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. Hi, Aileen. I started listening to DST in January 2021 and quickly binged every single episode from the podcast beginning within a few months. Despite being a longtime listener, I've never written in before. But I realized that I have a non-scale win that I just had to share with you. Rather than a single moment, this non-scale win is more about a mindset shift that I've noticed in myself over time. I've pretty much always had a positive relationship with my body growing up until the start of the pandemic over two years ago. I decided that I would use our quick, quote, two-week lockdown, lol, what a joke, to develop, she wrote, lol, what a joke, um, to develop some healthy eating and exercise habits. Over the months and now years of the pandemic, those healthy eating and exercise habits rapidly developed into an extremely unhealthy relationship with food and my body. But here's where the win comes in. I used to constantly body check every time I passed a mirror or any sort of remotely reflective surface. Even in public restrooms, I would lift up my shirt and flex my abs to make sure that they were still visible. I would do this all day, every day, although I definitely still have a ways to go in terms of uh, my relationship with food and my body. I have noticed that I rarely ever body check anymore. This may sound like a tiny win, but to anyone who has been the victim of incessant body checking, they probably know how big of a deal this is. I hope to continue to improve my relationship with my body, but in the meantime, I'm happy to celebrate the cleared headspace that is no longer used for checking up on the status of my body throughout the day. Sincerely, a non-body checking bitch. This is, this is a really big win. It's not tiny. 
Yeah. I like that. Also, I like that she acknowledges at the beginning that she's always had a pretty positive relationship with her body growing up and that the pandemic was kind of like this starting point of like developing unhealthy habits. Cause I feel like the last two years have been, you know, so hard on everyone in different ways that it's like, even if you didn't necessarily have those issues before they can like crop up kind of mm-hmm. before you even realize it. Yeah. And I I remember there was a time in my life where I literally would walk by my like super reflective building when I back in the day I lived in Williamsburg and I would constantly check body check myself and I knew during that time when things when I would do it more often that's when I felt the worst like when I felt feel good or more neutral I'm not looking in a reflexive way, not like I'm purposely going to the mirror to look at myself. That's I just obviously do that. But I remember feeling like kind of shitty and just checking all the time. It's like, oh, are things still like okay? What are things like? But um I I hear you. And it's it's a it's a form of slight torture, <laughs> I think, <laughs> to constantly feel that you need to do that or constantly put your eyes on this ref- this mirror or whatever it is. Um so I'm proud of you. Yeah. Non body checking batch. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And They're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. 
Just go to newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y dot com and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, we have our dear DST. It's time, and it has to do with pop culture. And I'm very excited to hear your thoughts, Dylan. All right, dear DST, this podcast has been so amazing, and you guys always make me feel like I'm listening to close friends having a positive body conversation. I really love the episodes when you talk about how TV and movies fucked us up. I've been thinking about this a lot lately and how small conversations about women's bodies on TV really shape my own perspective on my body image and self-worth. I couldn't help but think of the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And while this really wasn't a TV show or movie at the time, it was so heavily covered in the media and in the news that I felt like it affected me on the same level. Monica's body was so widely discussed. And even as a child, I remember news outlets and even my own parents saying things like, I don't get why he'd risk it all on her. She's not very pretty and she's overweight. And I think it really stuck with me that the world was so centered around this being her fault and how her appearance wasn't worthy of a scandal. Meanwhile, Bill Clinton is old and not that attractive, but no one was talking about him and almost framing it in a way to say, quote, he could have picked a hotter mistress. I feel like this fucked me up and made me feel like I always had to be skinny and beautiful to be well-perceived and worthy, and that even shitty, ugly men still deserved beautiful women. I'm curious, do you think things have gotten better? I feel like there's still a lot of fat shaming that happens on social media and even on reality TV. What are your thoughts? How can we change things so it's better for future generations of not classically, quote, skinny people? Thank you guys for always making me feel good about my body. This podcast is always one of the highlights of my week. Best, a betch who is tired of fat phobia. Well, do you remember this time? Do you remember the Monica the, Lewinsky scandal? Yeah. I, I'm I'm a little young to remember it happening, but I'm very aware of like the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do feel like when you're talking about TV and movies, like stuff that happens in the news and like the media can be just as intense, I think, when it comes to body scrutiny, if not more, because it's all about real people. You know, Monica Lewinsky, when that whole thing was going down, was like, was she like 20 years old? Like she was so young and like, People were so mean to her, I think, regardless of the particulars of the situation that I totally understand why that would kind of leave a mark in terms of body image. Well, yeah. Anytime you sort of you hear comments about people making about other people, you're not you're not in question here. You take that as a lesson about yourself, about how you should feel about yourself. I remember back in the day when Kim Kardashian was pregnant and she was larger than people were used to seeing pregnant women. And yet she was still wrapping her legs, you know, in the, the member, like that was the famous, like mm-hmm. swollen ankle thing. And I remember thinking like, Oh, like are we, are, are pregnant women not supposed to be large? Like, <laughs> am I, and then it really left a mark on me because I remember then 
later in my life thinking like I'm nervous to be pregnant or I'm not nervous, but I'm worried that on my size body, like I'm five feet, like, oh, I'm not gonna, it wasn't so bad that I wouldn't get pregnant. But I remember thinking like, oh, if that's what people thought of Kim, what are they thinking about literally everybody else? And it had my, it affected my thoughts. I wasn't like looking forward to gaining weight during pregnancy, even though it's like a nice thing. Like, you know, you're providing for your child, but I was scared. And had that not happened, I don't think I would have felt any of those feelings. Yeah. Because I mean, the whole thing with pregnancy, I feel like uh, more than any other time in your life, it's like, you're not actually in control of that, of like how your body responds to that. And I think that's something to be mindful of whenever somebody's body is a topic of conversation or if someone gains weight or goes or loses weight or anything like that is like, you don't know what all factors are contributing to that, whether it's, you know, a medical condition someone has or a medication they're taking or Mm -hmm. if they're pregnant or if they're, you know, just going through something like, I think we as a society have gotten very comfortable just like commenting on people's bodies. And I think that's something where I feel like there have been improvements in the sense of like, there's more like general awareness that we should be like body positive. Like I think that as a concept has become more widespread, but I think people's that hasn't necessarily meant that we stop feeling comfortable commenting on people's bodies or making judgments on people's bodies. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think there's like, there's kind of a disconnect between a lot of people would say that we should be body positive or would be like, Oh yeah, like it's good to be, to think that way. But that doesn't mean that actually we do that all the time. I think that the media in general though has made strides. I think like the temperature of what's allowed to say about a woman's body has cooled down in the sense that, or maybe it's heat. I I don't even know what I'm going with this analogy in terms of hot or cold, but it's cooled down in the sense like you're, it's a little bit, it's, it's kind of like not okay to say, to comment on a woman's weight body in tabloids in whatever. We're not a, like, it's not something that we do, but right. Like you're saying that still doesn't mean people aren't doing it in private conversations um, or thinking it in private conversations. But also I was a little shocked to see Teresa in Real Housewives of New Jersey, like just saying that shit about March. I was like shocked. Yeah, it was, it's been rough. So like, if you don't, if you don't watch the show, there was like a few, a few episodes ago, they were at this softball game and Margaret was wearing leggings and Teresa was like, well, if she had worn my leggings, her butt wouldn't jiggle so much. Mm -hmm. And then again, on last, like the most recent episode, Teresa, like they're fighting and Teresa goes into this thing about how Margaret never misses dinner and she always makes sure to eat. And it was like, it's just over and over again. And I think that's the kind of thing where on some level, if you were having a calm conversation, she might know that that's not a good thing to say, but then it's like the second she wants to be hurtful, it's like, well, let me say some shit about her body. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, even if you know that you shouldn't say it, a lot of people still feel that way or like have those kind of thoughts that it's like, oh, the second you don't care about being nice to me, you're going to tell me how you really feel about my body. Mm -hmm. Do you think that is ever going to change? I mean, I think we can, I think we can 
keep working toward a place where that's like less of a thing. And I do think there are maybe in like younger generations, especially, I feel like, you know, people on a show like that, it's like they're, you know, 40, 50 years old. So whatever, when they were like being conditioned to think about what was beautiful and all of that stuff, it was a long time ago. Whereas like maybe now if you're thinking about like Gen Z or something, like maybe there's like some better messages happening. But I think it's, I mean, it's just really hard to change people's kind of ingrained thoughts about like thinness being the gold standard. And I think for a lot of people, it's like, that's always going to be their internal thing that it's like, you're always going to compliment somebody when you think they've lost weight. You're always going to say like, oh, like you look, you know, you look so thin as a compliment and that kind of thing. And like, I think it's just, I don't know. Like I, I think people have a really hard time unlearning that even if it's like an internal reaction. I, I hear that a lot. Like, oh, this person lost weight. I think they look, oh, they look good. But I think that because we're having this conversation, which means there are things that are changing and like we're comfortable having this conversation. Whereas maybe before it would, I wouldn't feel as comfortable having it because the, the temperature would be different, yeah. you know? <laughs> I actually feel like that's something that I have gotten better at personally that I think I used to feel like if I like spoke up about something that was bothering me in terms of like, whether there was something like fat shamey or like, just like Mm -hmm. something that wasn't sitting right with me. I felt like I was like acknowledging that I'm not thin Mm -hmm. by like saying that I care. And that felt like, Oh, well, like I don't want to put myself out there because then it's like, you don't want to put yourself in the center of that. Right. You're like, oh, well, like that doesn't really bother me because it doesn't apply to me where I'm like, if now I feel more like if I'm really trying to like break my internal ideas of associating with like thinness is like better then I should be speaking up because I, I really should be like challenging myself to like not be bothered by that association. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. No. Yeah. That makes sense. I think also like in terms of, representation in television and movies in the past there's never really been like a like a main character that was overweight and that wasn't like the topic you know it Mm -hmm. wasn't like you know that uh, there's always like a funny fat friend right and then you're not discussing like their weight but if they're the main character then that's that's the struggle that they have so i think there should be i hope i hope there will be more like main characters that aren't necessarily like, like you're saying gold standard that are just Mm -hmm. thin and also not the topic. You know what I mean? Like that's not the whole storyline. Yeah. I actually, did you watch the show, the HBO show, somebody somewhere that came out a few months ago? I I loved it. I loved that show. And one thing that like stuck out to me is that Bridget Everett, who is the main character is like, so great. So funny. It's like so heartfelt. And it's Mm -hmm. like, she's not a thin person. And that is not what the show is about. And I, I realized like after a couple episodes ago, I was like, wow, that's so refreshing that it's Mm -hmm. like, maybe it's not like it's never acknowledged. Like it doesn't have, it's not a secret that she's not thin. Like that's just, it's just, she's there as a person and going through whatever the character is going through. But it's not like, yeah, for so long, it's like, if we've had a show that the main character is fat, it's like, the show is about her being miserable because she's fat and like wanting to lose weight. (laughs) Yeah. No, I know. I'm glad you brought that up because I too felt that that was refreshing. The only thing that I would say is that because she was like in middle America, 
what town was she in? Like Manhattan, Manhattan Kansas. Kansas. I think that was sort of like the message that there was just like all different types of bodies and people in places. There's more diverse body diversity in places that aren't like Manhattan or LA, Manhattan, yeah. New York <laughs> or LA. But that said, like, I really loved it. I love that. It made, made me cry like every other episode. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, I think. And so when you see representation like that, it makes it it's like so refreshing. But then also you think about like, why does that feel so special to have just like a mm-hmm. not thin person on screen living their life? And I think something that I have noticed more in the last few years, or maybe I just I don't know if it's happening more or if it's just that I'm more like in tune to noticing it is that thin actors will be cast to play roles that are less thin than they are in real life. And they'll undergo this huge prosthetic transformation. And it's like this big, like achievement or something that we're acting like in the Batman movie that just came out, Colin Farrell plays the penguin and he's like totally unrecognizable. Yeah. You would never know it was him. Right. He looks like some like schlubby Italian man and with like balding head and like a belly and whatever, kind of like Jared Leto in house of Gucci, like similar vibes to that. Renee Zellweger just did this show. The thing about Pam where she's like a a murderer, same thing where it's like, she looks nothing like herself. And like, maybe the acting is great, but it's one of those things where it's like in that situation, I feel like we should be working toward a point where it's like, Either the weight of the character doesn't matter, and so you shouldn't need all of those prosthetics, or if the weight is really central to the character, or you feel like is really the look you want to go for, just like find somebody who looks like that. Right. By making that statement, they're saying there is not a famous actor, a name (laughs) that does. Right. That it's like, we need somebody to play this woman, Pam. And the, the, you know, the best person we could think of Renee Zellweger, who is so thin and so beautiful. And we're going to make her sit in a makeup chair for like seven hours a day to make her look like acceptably not thin and beautiful to play this woman. And it's like, I, whatever. I mean, I'm not saying that like, I don't think anybody should ever wear like a prosthetic, whatever, but it's like, it feels like kind of a crutch that it's like, we want to cast who we want to cast Mm-hmm. because of who they are but like we're not going to put any effort into trying to kind of like get closer to that mm-hmm. yeah you know no i agree i would like to see more body diversity in general and i think also the thing that not to bring this back to somebody somewhere but what i also really liked about it is that there was no storyline about her love life that had to do with her body which is sometimes also a thing and I don't yeah. know if I like, maybe I, t- I I look for that as a woman, <laughs> but I, you know, like in, in the Amy Schumer movie, I feel pretty like, you know, like when you think that you are a skinnier version of yourself, you can find any man <laughs> yeah. confidence or, or not like fucking shallow hell. Like there's just all this shit about that. And like, I just, it, it that part was also very refreshing to me because it wasn't a thing like she wasn't self-conscious about that and it just like and she she hooked up with that guy or no he got arrested I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i think like going back to the um the email that we read about the monica lewinsky thing Mm -hmm. that it's like there is already in the real world like if you if you're trying to like date as a person who's not doesn't have like the ideal standard like ideal body type whatever 
you already have to deal with that shit on your own. Like Mm -hmm. it's a real thing that people are, you know, have their preferences of what they're looking for. So then we don't, you don't need like on top of that to be seeing in the media, like, Oh, why would Bill Clinton go for a woman who has like a little extra weight when he could get a hotter mistress? It's like, we don't need for like TV and movies and like media to be kind of reinforcing that idea that like you shouldn't, like you should have fewer options if you're a person who doesn't kind of meet that ideal standard of what you look like. It's like, everybody's just trying to do their best, you know, like everybody's just out here trying to like see what they can do. And it's like, leave me alone. The thing is the, the reinforcing, and that's a great word for it because that just reinforces the shame necessary, like for the person who is dating who may be more in into a larger body right like for them it should be okay socially to date whoever you want and it not be a thing that made me think of what remy bader recently posted did you see that tiktok about her uh, being upset about like an alt like a altercation she had on the street yeah that was so intense I, it was it, oh. so intense and it was so upsetting to me to watch because it was one of those things it was if anybody if you guys didn't see it was she posted a tiktok talking about how she was filming like this kind of on this like a billy on the street but remy on the street video asking people questions about you know, whatever. And she asks, can I film you? And they say yes. And she has her assistant. And so she went up to this group of guys. She's really happy. She's feeling herself. And they they agree to be filmed. She asks them a question. She's being silly, blah, blah, blah. And the guy goes, you know, you should really lose weight out of nowhere. Like a, like a verbal assault, kind of like that, like out of nowhere. And she's like, excuse me. And my stomach like sank from that because it's almost like a fear coming true. This thing like where you're, you walk around, you have confidence, even though in the back of your mind, like these like insecurities might be like, like we were talking about what people think of us. And then having mm-hmm. somebody literally say that to you and you're just like so taken aback. And it was a group of guys. And then they also like hackled her when she walked away, like laughed, like saying like it's not healthy or so- something like that. Is that what is that what she said? Yeah, it was like and like jiggle, jiggle, jiggle or something. Like, oh, my, just- oh, my God. It's literally horrifying. And. I'm so sorry to her that that happened because I know it like, and she was saying like, Oh my, pe- my, my sister was with me or people are saying, just don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. But you can't tell someone <laughs> who's struggling with their own body image. And she's very vocal about that mm-hmm. to not listen to that because also really relevant conversation was Chloe Kardashian. I don't know. Do I have to say Kardashian? Chloe <laughs> talking to James Corden or like in that last episode. Did you see that? I haven't. I'm not up to date, but I heard about this. She gets really upset by like people's comments. She doesn't even want to leave the house. And, and James Corden gives her like a pep talk before the show about how like their opinions of you are not your business. We're here drinking champagne at 4 p.m. <laughs> and <laughs> we win. And also he says that those people, the, the comments, how can they judge you if they don't know you? Like those comments that they talk about you, they have some other perception of you in their head. You are somebody else to them. And they're and those and those comments are like projecting something else from within them. It has nothing to do with you. And 
I just thought all of these things happening sort of at the same time, like are converging. And it just, I don't know, it, it's the thing with Remy hurt my feelings because it took me back to a place like in college when that was my mm-hmm. big, like biggest fear. Well, I think with that, it's like what I was saying earlier about like when I'm getting dressed and I'm not necessarily thinking about what what shirt is going to make me look thinner. Like, right. Because you're thinking it's like, okay, like nobody else is that focused on what your body looks like. Just wear what you want to wear and that it's not a big deal. And then a story like that just makes, just kind of like makes you, your mind go in the opposite direction that it's Mm -hmm. like, oh no, people are looking at me and being disapproving and judgmental. And it makes you, it makes you think that it's like, if if one person that you went up to on the street was willing to say that out loud to your face, how many other people are having those those thoughts when they see you yeah. and just being like having enough, you know, social grace not to say anything. And I think that's like that when you were asking if I think like it's getting better or if we're moving away from that, it's like I think we're moving to a place where people hopefully in general feel less comfortable saying things like that, but I don't know how much I don't know how much like real progress we've made in terms of people not thinking like that. And I think it's like harder. Like, I mean, I would, if you think I look, if you think I look bad, I would rather you not say it if you're like a stranger on the street. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I would even more rather that you not think that in the first place. But like, it's also at a certain point, what yeah. can you do? Like, well, I can't, you can't just like not leave the house because you think somebody might say that you should lose weight. You know, right, I don't know. Right. Well, that's the thing with Chloe is why I thought that advice was actually really good. And the whole the whole like phrase, everybody else's opinion is not your business. It sounds like a catchy phrase, but when he phrased it in that way, like you are somebody else, you are not you to, to that person making that mean comment. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of the change, there's a lot more and the comment like it's not healthy. That's not true necessarily. Like you don't know what's going on. You haven't seen their like blood labs to know <laughs> if that person is healthy or not. And I think that is a new or a newer perspective that is being shared especially with the younger generation. And I and seeing all these body positive or like people in larger bodies being getting really good like like Remy Bader like anybody who's who's getting these like big roles or getting opportunities mm-hmm. that while maybe people are still thinking these like older thoughts what they're seeing now is contradicting those thoughts so slowly over time i have a feeling there's going to be change in like people's thought process. Maybe you can't change our parents' generations, like ideas. Right. Not maybe, just you cannot. <laughs> but you definitely your mom can. Is al- your mom is always going to tell you you don't need a snack. <laughs> no. Our parents' generation, unless you have like a different type of parent, they're thinking like, you know, thin equals better and healthy. Like that's just, that's what they've been taught, at least in America. That's just what was in the media. That's just what you heard. But younger people, and I think we're in the middle of like having malleable Mm -hmm. thought processes. I think that we have the opportunity to change what we say and what we think. And we we teach our kids and what with the younger generation and what happens with them and what they do. Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with 
brands being better about making like extended sizes and things like that, that it's like you can not only does like society feel like it's like more accepting, but also like you actually have the ability to like wear the same clothes as people who are smaller sizes or like be able to shop places. And like, I know that everybody's talking about the Abercrombie. I was literally about to say, can we talk? Yeah. About everybody's it? talking about the Abercrombie documentary right now. And I, I haven't gotten to watch it yet, but I actually in the last like year have started shopping at Abercrombie so much. And I love it because they've like done this whole rebrand and they have like much better. They have like a much wider range of sizes. Now their whole thing is not about being like super exclusive anymore that makes a big difference when you feel like it's like, oh, this is like a store that people like and know. And it's like, oh, yeah. And I can just like walk in and shop there. And mm-hmm. like that makes a big difference toward not just, you know, like maybe you're not getting like heckled on the street, but you if you can't like shop at the same stores as everyone else, it still feels exclusionary. And so I think that's another kind of piece of the puzzle where that's a tangible step of like mm-hmm. we actually are moving toward everybody kind of being like on the same level. Well, you got to watch the documentary. There's just, it's it's very, it's short. And some of the things like I just didn't even realize were going on. And I loved going to Abercrombie, but I also (laughs) didn't fit in everything. And I desperately wanted to. And that was like, so part of the mindfuck. Sometimes I felt like I didn't belong there. Sometimes I felt like I needed to do things to belong there. And it was as a young, very impressionable kid in middle school, that was just it. You you wore Abercrombie. I even told my mom to buy Abercrombie. I thought it was so cool. <laughs> and I was highly marketed to. But um, I agree with you that like the inclusivity that we're seeing, and again, the body diversity, the model diversity, everything. Because Abercrombie wasn't just about thin people. It was like white, very right. white. We're seeing across the board in fashion is a huge step because I think... The big part of it, and speaking from experience, is like, it's just like removing the shame (laughs) of being yourself. The media or fashion or advertisers or marketing, all of that plays a really big role (laughs) in making people feel shame for whatever body they're in. And we slowly take that shame away and make people feel like, okay, to walk out the door, to buy this pair of jeans to ask someone questions. Yeah. To buy the size that actually is like comfortable on you versus Mm -hmm. like the size that you feel less guilty about needing to buy. But Mm -hmm. then you're going to end up looking better in the correct size anyway. Yes. (laughs) yes. That's the whole thing of like, oh no, like I'm not shopping for like the body I wish I had. That's not how that works. Yeah. The whole size is a mind. Yeah. That's like a whole other. You blame yourself for not fitting into something that you didn't even make. <laughs> you didn't make that pair of pants. And that pair of pants size doesn't go with the other pairs of pants size that you bought that you fit in. And it has nothing to do with you. And it's crazy that we take, if, if it's already a, like a source of insecurity, it's crazy how, how, we, how we take it in on ourselves, like that shame. And as we slowly chip away at it, the more people we as a whole can feel better about ourselves just like walking and being in the world dating getting dressed applying for jobs interviewing all all of the things where we think normally we would be getting judged for right for our appearance totally. and stuff 
Yeah. And I think for most, for a lot of people that comes from a place of insecurity. So if we all are like working on those insecurities, then we might be less likely to project them onto other people. Mm -hmm. The worst thing that you can say to someone is something about their body. First of all, you're not creative. <laughs> yeah, first first funny. of all, get better material, bitch. Get like, better material. <laughs> and I think that, and I actually think that hearing that people say that over and over as a response or retaliation to that comment has made an impact because I think the more we say, like, and so you think I don't know that, you, you know, you take that away from them and it no longer becomes a charged word or no longer is an insult. You're just like saying something. But that said, when it's said to somebody who, like with Remy's example, when that happens and it's just so out of the blue and all you had was just good intentions with those people. And it's just like, it's, it's, I, I liken it to a verbal assault because it's, it was just like out of nowhere and you're, they're trying to hurt that person Remy in that matter. It, I just thought that was really crazy. But if that is something that you were thinking about, you have to think about your own fat phobia. Do you like question your own like thoughts in your brain when you have, when you're around or, or you see celebrities and and you have like a fat phobic thought, like what's your thought process like? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's the kind of thing where because of the society that we've grown up in and everything that we see, and like we've talked about in the media and on TV and things like of course, we all are living in the same kind of thought cloud, I guess. But like, I think it's more just like recognizing it when you have, mm-hmm. if a thought like pops in your head that it's like, that doesn't matter. Or like, that's not how I like feel about that person. Or like, you know, even if you say like, oh, that outfit isn't like the most flattering on somebody. It's like, that's not like saying anything about them. And it's not like they're, it doesn't have anything to do with like, them Mm -hmm. as a person. I don't know. Like the Met Gala is coming up next week. And it's like, I just hope everybody wears like fun outfits and like (laughs) looks cool. And like, it's not about, oh, I don't know. She could have like cinched the waist in a little tighter. It's like getting to a point where that's not like how you're approaching. You're not looking at works. Right. Like looking at pictures of people or like watching a show or like on Housewives all the time. I mean, like sometimes it's hard. Like I spend so much of my time on social media and stuff in this world where people are discussing these shows and people are pretty ruthless sometimes. And they're like, Oh, like critiquing people's reunion looks or like how they look on camera. And people will just like say the most body shamey things or like, you know, people will talk about like, Oh, she has bad skin or like stuff like that. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, why is that like what it occurs to you that it's like, talk about how she's boring or how her storyline seems fake or how she's, she thinks she's funny, but she's not, or she's a bad friend. Like there are so many real things to critique that it's like, okay, you're going to be like, she doesn't look thin in her reunion dress. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that wasn't the point. Or not even saying thin or however that person looks, but just saying like, Oh, she looks worse this season when everybody knows status of her you know like th- those kinds of things right. are like sort of not said but said yeah. like with jackie from oh god yeah real housewives which obviously we don't we're not going to get into but like it speaks for itself she she's very very thin and she's been saying she's recovered from an eating disorder and now she in the season she's talking about how she's she's actually not in recovery and she's still struggling with it and it goes to show you that Thin doesn't mean healthy all the time. So totally. I think that there's so much more to unpack in pop culture. But I think from this conversation, like 
everybody who's listening, just like look out for your own thoughts or things that you see on TV or movies and send them our way. Send them DST at Betches.com. Like, because I'd love to keep talking about this because it's really just ever present. It's everywhere. And we are consuming content at the speed of, I don't know what's so fast, light? <laughs> at this, at like at insane rates these days. And we don't even know what messages we're, we're taking in without realizing it. So let's just be a little bit more conscious. And, and when you guys are watching TV, make notes and send them our way. Because I'd love to see what you guys are noticing. Well, thank you so much, Dylan, for joining me and us on DST. So you're on two big shows. Tell everybody where they can catch you, all of the things. Of course. Yeah. I, uh, I host the Betches podcast, mention it all, talking about all things Bravo, uh, a few episodes a week. So if you like Bravo, make sure to check that out. Um, and I also host Pop Alarm, which is a little five minute pop culture news update five days a week comes out in the morning. So you can just uh, catch up on the day's headlines uh, and make sure to follow at Bravo by Betches. And you can follow me at Dylan Hafer. I love Pop Alarm. It's like I it's the way that I cannot just like scroll through Instagram mindlessly and just get all the news right away. And I obviously love Bravo by Betches because I fucking love Bravo. But everyone go check that out. And you can follow us at Diestar Samar. You can follow me at Aileen. And you know the DST hotline. Send us your messages. We'll play them on the show. I will issue my response. It's 212-287-5650. And We're always with you. Through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Stacey Wong, and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com. Betches.